0: the panhandle news network the views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the panhandle news network wepm and wcst or west virginia
1: radio corporation
0: welcome to panhandle live on the panhandle news network wepm and wcst Broadcasting from the Hoppy Kirchable building in Martinsburg.
2: And welcome into the show. It is Panhandle Live for this 19th day of October 2023. Luke Wiggs and Marsha Gavalik with you on this Thursday morning. A little bit of a, a chilly Thursday morning. Marsha, is the first time all year. Uh, Or, at least, since last winter, I had to turn the heat on in my apartment. Oh, wow. I I held out long enough. I'm
3: a wimp. I've had my heat on for a while. But uh, it's not as cold as it probably was out at the soccer field uh, at WVU. And uh, we will talk about that a little later. Just, uh, you know, for the information of our texter who enjoys, (laughs) you know, giving me a hard time about my, my fandom of Marshall University, you should know. This morning, I'm wearing a WVU shirt.
2: As am I. <laughs> as am I. As should uh, congratulations everybody.
3: Congratulations to the to the Mountaineers for their their victory over over the undefeated previously undefeated <laughs> Marshall Thundering Herd. We'll talk about that a little later on the broadcast. But um, as you may know, if you've been listening and uh, viewing our news product, some uh, news broke yesterday that uh, Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon. Has been formally indicted as of Tuesday on four misdemeanor counts related to his actions following his daughter Carrie's auto accident off Cemetery Road in January. Um, if you've listened to our product, if you've uh, listened to Panhandle Live, you know we've been covering this uh, since early this year and have had uh, Sheriff Nathan Harmon on to talk about it as well. I will say that I reached out to him yesterday and uh, asked him if he wanted to make a statement or come on the show. And he said he has retained counsel, and uh, he he does anticipate releasing a statement, and uh, I think he's going to contact us when he does. Um, but you know that's that's where he left it.
2: Well, and the Morgan County prosecutor in this case was Dan James, and the uh, the counts are two counts of obstruction and two counts of providing false information to a state trooper. Um, the detail provided saying if Sheriff Harmon is convicted, and it was it was clear in the statement given to us uh, by prosecutor Dan James, of course, innocent until proven guilty. Um, that each obstruction charge could result in a fine of 50 to 500 dollars uh, and jail time of up to one year. Uh, one of those two or both. And according to the prosecutor, each charge related to providing false information to a state trooper could result in fines of $25 to $200, jail time of up to 60 days or both as well. But as you mentioned, uh, we had Sheriff Harmon on uh, in January, and you can find this complete interview on our Spotify page. It's the January 24th episode um, of this year where Sheriff Harmon was on to talk about uh, the incident. And he said at the time um, those who know him would not question his actions uh, in the incident at all.
4: I will say that I am a father first. And if you know me, if you really know me, you would not question this at all. For those that don't know me, I would advocate look at the past two years of my service to this county. I've been one of the most transparent sheriffs uh, I I would uh, challenge for the past two decades.
2: And this interview, of course, conducted by Marcia, she also asked him if his daughter at the time was under the influence.
3: Was she under the influence of drugs or alcohol, to your knowledge?
4: No, she wasn't.
3: Did you ask the deputy on scene if he thought she had been drinking?
4: 100% absolutely. Part of my transparency that I was talking about was specifically me dressing down in civilian clothes so I didn't appear authoritative, me driving my cruiser to the scene, parking it away from the scene so as to not in, intervene in the scene and then standing roadside, not running right up to the deputy until the deputy acknowledged me, came up to me and said, good morning, how you doing?
2: Harmon was also asked, uh, Sheriff Harmon was also asked if, um, why a field sobriety test, or he said a field sobriety test wasn't needed.
4: If I wanted to hide anything, why would I come out and ask the deputy instead of my daughter off to the side first, why would one of my first questions be to the deputy?
3: Did the deputy do a field sobriety test? No.
4: Because? At the time when I, was, when I got there it was a significant amount of time later after the deputy got there. The deputy had already had a discussion with my daughter. And, and uh, you know, you got to understand, uh, you know, we, we value constitutional rights. And, and we've, we value, um, you know, that the fact that we have to have probable cause to move forward on anything. The strong odor of alcohol on someone's breath, the red bloodshot eyes, the imbalance uh, or nystagmus or slurred speech or, or, or the lack of cognitive skills. You can You can watch the engagement between the deputy and my daughter and... You can see that she is speaking clearly. She's even making a notation. Hey, what, should I put the fifth on this or should I put the sixth? Oh, no, I should put the sixth. It is after midnight. If someone's drunk and inebriated, they don't think of those finer details.
2: And, and lastly, Sheriff Harmon was asked if he would do anything differently.
3: Would you have done anything different that night?
4: I wouldn't have changed a drop. And I've gotten support from the Washington Sheriffs uh, throughout the state in that same regard.
2: And again, uh, you can find this complete interview on our Panhandle Live Spotify page. It's the January 24th episode um, for the indictments uh, of Sheriff Harmon, uh, going back to his, his daughter Carrie's automobile accident that happened January 6th on uh, Cemetery Road in Martinsburg.
3: So, um, as as we mentioned, you know we've we've been covering the story since since it happened. Um, Sheriff Harmon came on and talked to us, and uh, yesterday when when I was trying to uh, figure out, you know, who I needed to talk to and all of that. I I, I did contact Morgan County prosecuting attorney Dan James. Uh, there wasn't a lot he could tell me detail-wise. He basically told me what was in the indictment, um, and, and he mentioned, of course, you know, uh, people are presumed innocent until proven otherwise. Uh, I also reached out to Katie wilkes Deleghetti. She's the Berkeley County prosecutor. <laughs> she had recused herself from this, uh, and it was sent to an independent uh, or a special prosecutor, which, which turned out to be uh, Dan James. Uh, Dan James told me that a, a, a lieutenant, a first sergeant out of um, Hardy County with the West Virginia state police is uh, the person who actually conducted the investigation. And uh, I did get a copy of the indictment from Berkeley County circuit court yesterday. So I appreciate them sending that over. I just wanted to let our listeners know uh, just so they could kind of form their own, Opinions, uh, you know what was in that indictment. So again, these are four misdemeanors, and you you mentioned what the uh, what the prosecutor said were the uh, potential, you know, repercussions should he be convicted of these. Right. So count one: obstructing a law enforcement officer. Uh, they're alleging that Nathan Harmon, the sheriff, did forcibly or legally hinder or obstruct a police officer in the lawful discharge of their official duty uh, by interfering with the investigation of Deputy William Henderson. That was a deputy with the Berkeley County Sheriff's Office that responded and and, uh, conducted the initial investigation. Um, Count two, obstructing a law enforcement officer. uh, The indictment alleges that Sheriff Harmon did unlawfully and willfully, but not feloniously by threats, menaces, acts, or otherwise forcibly or legally hinder or obstruct a police officer in the lawful discharge of their official duty by deleting or concealing the GPS tracking data from the tracking device placed on the vehicle driven by Kerry Harmon. Count three, providing false information to a state trooper. In this count, it is alleged that Sheriff Harmon did unlawfully and knowingly give false or misleading information to a member of the Department of Public Safety, uh, the West Virginia State Police, by providing false information to 1st Sergeant W.M. Roden that a preliminary breath test was not administered to Kerry Harmon January 6th. Count four, providing false information to a state trooper. Uh, this count alleges that Sheriff Nathan Harmon provided false information to 1st uh, Sergeant Roden that he did not delete data. From the GPS tracking device. Now, as as we mentioned, we reached out to Sheriff Harmon. He has retained counsel. Uh, he said he will be um, presenting a, a statement. We're not sure when that will be. Obviously, he will um, be allowed to have his day in court and and uh, enter whatever plea that he would like to enter. And uh, as Prosecutor James said, out of Morgan County, the special prosecutor, he is presumed innocent until proven otherwise.
2: Yeah, and really the only thing I'd I'd like to add to that as well is this is a a case that's already been argued in the court of public opinion several times. And, um, you know, Sheriff Harmon has come on and talked about, you know, an unfortunate anti-police sentiment. And then I know that there are also, of course, people in the community that are incredibly pro-law enforcement. You know, like you said, people drawing their own opinions. But for the time being, I mean, we're going to get a legal ruling on this case, first by the plea from Sheriff Harmon, and then it's going to be you know, argued out in a court of law and we will get a definitive legal verdict on this case. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, but, you know, people already have kind of preconceived opinions when it comes to law enforcement in a pro or positive way, but there's going to be an opportunity for the legal seas- system to legislate this um, as well as anybody could. You
3: could read more about this and uh, some of the links to the other articles that we've written in an article at wvmetronews.com and uh, we'll update this as we get more information and uh, you know it's not the only news of the day I wanted to make sure that folks knew of a couple of things that may impact their daily commute (laughs) Um, beginning tomorrow in Morgan County there's a detour on Fairfax Street Um, there will be a detour it's County Route 9 in Morgan County to allow a portion of Fairfax Street to be reconstructed, it's part of the Berkeley Springs Bypass, and the detour will be in place 24 hours a day, and they're expected that they're expecting that to last through next spring. Yeah,
2: so make uh, adjust accordingly. Right, uh, adjust accordingly.
3: So uh, you know, bookending Berkeley County, you've got in Jefferson <laughs> County that long-term construction over on We're running 340. it's closed. Here, it's closed. That, and then in Morgan County, beginning tomorrow. Fairfax Street, Route 9, going to be boogered up. Um,
2: and, of course, we've got some short-term closures that are coming up soon because of the apple. For good process. reason. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: But, you know, get your car out of the way because, obviously, that that means that it, your car could be towed uh, in the city of Martinsburg. Uh, instead of just reading you all of the streets, <laughs> I'll just let you know that uh, there is a link and a map in an article at panhandlenewsnetwork.com, and you can see where all those road closures are. If you live in the city, it's probably – you know what usually gets closed for for the parade is probably going to get closed. But look at the article. Look at the map.
2: Well, uh, before we take our first break, and we've got a very packed show coming up here in just a moment, I wanted to get uh, an opportunity just briefly to talk on what was a fantastic soccer match. <laughs> oh my
3: gosh, that was so exciting!
2: As a as a neutral soccer fan watching that game, I'm sure it was entertaining. Over 3,000 people came to Dick lusk Soccer was Stadium. Was that a record? It was a record. Uh, for uh, men's soccer or just for that facility in general. To watch WVU uh, upset number one ranked Marshall 5-2, to two. a Marshall team that had given up just five goals all season long, gave up five in one game. Marcus Caldera scored a hat trick. Marshall jumped out to that early lead, and after that, I mean, it was a pretty a definitive response from WVU. And one thing I didn't touch on uh, in Panhandle Sports Live where we talked briefly about this game, of course, the hat trick from Caldera, but the play of the game was the last play of the first half. Freddie Jorgensen and a ball that had been lobbed over the WVU keeper was going into the back of the net, but Freddie Jorgensen, that uh, that fullback for Dan Stratford, saved it off the line with an overhead kick that kept it from going. I know that
3: was crazy. So you know, obviously, I'm wearing a WVU (laughs) shirt today. I'm proud. I'm happy for the state uh, because doesn't this put soccer in West Virginia on just such a higher plane? Proud of all of the players. They all conducted themselves so well. And, you know, my husband will laugh because he's like, you always sound like a mom when you're – but it's it's true. I will say it looked like a completely different Marshall squad mm-hmm. going out um, because I, I know uh, it didn't seem as though Marco Silva was there. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was a difference. Of course, um, Matthew Bell did what Matthew Bell does. He's so fun to watch. He's so fast on the Marshall side. Uh, but as you mentioned, the the Canadian uh, with the hat trick and listening to his, um, his, uh, the post game mm-hmm. interview, it was just adorable to watch. You know, he, he had his little headphones on all the crowd noise in the back. As you Which mentioned, they rushed the floor
2: yeah, for a soccer game. That's this not, was a, <laughs> unprecedented. It
3: was a, it was a big deal. Um, and then uh, of course, you know, he comported himself so well and handled that interview beautifully. Uh, Marcus Caldero with the hat trick. That was a really um, amazing show from WVU. I'm taking nothing from WVU. <laughs> to, just to see them stack five goals up. When you watch a, a standard-issue soccer game anywhere... Uh, you don't see it often. You, it, you're expecting to maybe see one goal, maybe two, you know. But to see five from WVU and two from Marshall uh, in this contest. Just outstanding. It was exciting. The pace of game was exciting. And WVU did not let Marshall do what it normally does, which is kind of play cat and mouse with the ball and pass it back and forth. They controlled the pace.
2: The, the last thing I'll say is this, because we've got to get to the break. As you know, because you've seen a soccer match at Marshall before and how – an exciting environment that can be. Mm-hmm. I've been to Dick Deless Soccer Stadium. I was at when they played this in 2020, and then hearing from the the people yesterday to talk about how crazy of an atmosphere it, it's been. My opinion of it is: is this rivalry for the longest time the road team's just not going to be able to win. I think. That, I think you're right. I think that it's going to be a, the first stacked against you. The, if the first yeah. team that wins on the road is going to just take have a stranglehold in this in this rivalry, but. Another edition of the Mountain State Derby has come and gone. WVU is able to claim it. Hopefully they get a chance now to move up into the uh, the top seed in the nation and uh, in the Sunbelt Conference as well. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, them and Marshall cross paths again. And can
3: I just say this is the time to, to release some funding to get some more seats on those fields.
2: I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. All right, we've got a break to take. We'll be back after this with more Panhandle Live.
0: We're talking about the issues that matter most to you. Now, back to Panhandle
2: Live. And it is Panhandle Live broadcasting from the Hoppy Kerchival building here in Martinsburg. Panhandle Live is driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at countryroadstire.com. Marcia. Our next guest joins us in studio. you know we've had some conversations about you know those dreams where you you're really stressed out about something whether or not it's work or whatever i never <laughs> I never took the bus to school. I went to a, a school the same school that mm-hmm. my mom taught at, so she was my ride every morning. but do you ever have dreams that you missed the bus
3: yes, that when I was in school that was my my recurring dream that I was missing the bus and I had to cross <laughs> a bridge at my house and and because our bus driver we, we lived in such a small community. He, I think he kind of knew occasionally that I would be running late, and I'd see him pull off just a little down the road, and I, you know, try to make it. But yeah, recurring nightmares about that. But uh, hopefully none of the wonderful students in Berkeley County put their their bus drivers through any of that uh, because we're probably going to be getting a new crop of some bus drivers uh, because there's a big recruitment fair coming up and to tell us all about that is the executive director of the Berkeley County Schools Transportation Department Eric Kieseker welcome in
0: thank you very much I'm glad to be here did
3: you ever miss the bus um
0: i'd never missed the bus accidentally
5: (laughs) yeah
3: i get that too when i got when i was able to drive my parents would allow me if i if i missed the bus then Mm. to take my car i missed the bus quite frequently yeah just a few times sorry mom (laughs) (laughs) but um some exciting times coming on i know you were on with the real bob Steele this morning on 95.9 the big dog and he's threatening promising saying he will drive a bus, uh, at the event. And you know, he's a race car driver, right? Yeah.
0: I learned that this morning. It was, it's, uh, very interesting. Um, but Hey, if he wants to drive a bus, we'll allow him to drive a bus, but there's one caveat. We have a certified trainer on the bus. Um oh, can't do it by himself. Are
3: you going to put cones up? Like so they can experience. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So the neat,
0: neat thing about our parking lot, it is set up uh, for um, every situation that you're going to encounter uh, out on the road. Um, stop signs, railroads, bus stop, uh, parallel parking. You deploy cats?
3: Like, (laughs) they're running across the... Do you have that?
2: No, not quite that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, in talking about this event on October 28th, where you're giving people an opportunity to come out and see for themselves, and just to be clear, you know, people that are, of course, intimidated by a uh, 20-ton bus or whatever, you're not... Sending them out onto the roads. Nobody's going on the interstate. You know, for people that are mildly curious about coming out, checking out this event to see if they can get behind the wheel, this is going to be a very controlled and, and safe environment for them to try it out.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, by law, we can't allow anyone <laughs> behind the, <laughs> the wheel. I think he would get sued. Bob yeah. might try. Yeah. Bob, Bob might try. actually. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, it, it's going to be a, a trip around the parking lot uh, with a certified trainer uh, by their side, explaining what's happening. Um, explaining the different things on the bus, uh, you know, technology-wise. So, yeah, very controlled, very controlled.
3: So I know technology, you know, makes it so much easier to drive these big vehicles now, but uh, what are folks concerned about that you guys have kind of already taken care of with the bus? I I know I asked you about chains, like tire chains earlier.
0: Right. Uh, Maybe you could allude a little bit more to that. Um, Like taking care of... um,
3: like the maintenance?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, guys- I see where you're going. Now. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's required um, by the uh, Department of Education uh, that uh, our buses uh, have um, maintenance every, uh, at least every 40 days. And the driver so doesn't have to do th- the that. The driver does not. You're not, not changing mm-hmm. your own oil. You're you're oh, my things. gosh.
3: That would be a deal breaker yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, what is required um, by our drivers is a, a pre trip and a post trip every day. But we train them on what to look for. Um, and they are also tested on that. So, so what
3: you mean they, they take a, a trip out on their bus? N- and no,
0: they have to go around their bus, open the yeah, a check on on all the safety uh, uh, features on the bus, the wheels, tires, engine compartment, um, all
3: that. Very cool. So,
2: um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, well, the last time we had you on, we, you know, we talked about you know benefits being better for, for bus drivers than ever before. You talked about you know the schedule. It's a 200 day contract, but 180 days work. Uh, talk about, I, I guess, in your eyes, you know, how more lucrative a position it is in the last couple of years, and what kind of people specifically you think would be drawn to being a bus driver.
0: Well, I, I think one of the things um, trends we're we're seeing is. More folks that have kids in school, right? Um, because it is a very good schedule. Um, because you're off with your kids when your kids are off. Um, so, great job for retirees. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing that trend also. Um, you know, folks that are retiring, you know, 55, 60 years old. It, 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 they don't want to, you know, stop working. So this is, it's a full, it's a basically, it's a full time job, but kind of part time hours. Mm-hmm.
3: So talk about the event. It's October 28th.
0: October 28th uh, from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. But I have to tell you, we we already have 37 folks registered. Wow. Uh, so we may go over the 12 o'clock, but we're going to give everyone a chance to, to drive the it's bus. It's like
3: getting to, to ride a carnival ride in a way. that people are like lined up. I want to make sure I get my chance. Yeah.
0: Well, and, you know, WLTF is going to be there. Uh, Bob is going to be there. Um, we're going to have country music blaring. We're, we uh, we have our uh, local some local vendors that uh, have given us stuff to give away. And nice. There's there's some nice prizes. Ooh,
3: <laughs> little swag.
2: And another thing you talked about with employment is the the path to being a driver is more expedited than it's been in years past. If somebody that's really interested in this, interested in employment, it's not the kind of thing where you know they're going to send an application. Maybe six months we'll give you a call, and then maybe another six months you'll get trained. I mean, there's a, a path for somebody that has a, a, a passionate about. Trying to, to pursue a career like this to, to, to get moved to the front of the line pretty soon.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, every application that comes in, um, th- we call them to, for an interview uh, either that week or the following week. Mm-hmm. We get them set up with all of the requirements because there are certain things you have to pass the CDL, physical, back, background check. All of that gets started right then. And then once you are signed, that person is assigned a trainer, if you are willing to put the time in, uh, you could be done as quickly as four weeks. But we're also flexible um, that if you're working another job, we have four trainers that 24-7. We we do not tell the trainers you have to train during this time. That's very
3: mm-hmm. cool. Eric Kesecker, mm-hmm. Berkeley County Schools Transportation Department. How can folks find out more?
0: Go to berkeleycountyschools.org, and on on the home page on the right-hand side, you'll see the um, – I think it's called uh, – what like is, a drop it, down it, it, it's to the right it, you'll see the school bus mm. it says, oh it click it on tells, the school bus click on the school bus yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: well before we let you go I've been dying to ask you this question because I, I said last time that I haven't parallel parked since I passed my driver's test is there a difference in the strategy with parallel parking a school bus than a regular car you
3: just yell out the window get out of the way y'all <laughs> <Come> yeah, <in>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh,
0: not necessarily a different strategy. It, it Different things to look at. Because, um, you know, the bus is 38 feet long. So <laughs> you, you got to have space for 38 feet. Absolutely. It's like parking your
3: house. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Wild. Well, well, Executive Director of Berkeley County Schools Transportation, Eric Kiesacker, we appreciate you giving us the time this morning. Best of luck with the event. And uh, I hope to see a, a fresh crop of drivers, of school bus drivers, out on the road pretty soon.
0: Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.
2: Absolutely. We got to break the take and more Panhandle Live coming up in just a moment. You're listening to Panhandle Live on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST
3: Berkeley Springs.
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchable Building in Martinsburg. And speaking of Mr. Kirchable, he'll be coming up at the top of the hour with another edition of Metro News Talk Line. I'm sure recapping the W V Marshall soccer game last night, uh, and more. Uh, but with Marsha Kavalik joining me in studio, along with our next guest, Marshall. let's get into it.
3: That's right. Teresa McCabe joins us. She's Vice President of Marketing and Development at WV Medicine, Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center. Welcome in.
5: Well, good morning. It's great to be here. And you look so appropriate for fall. <laughs> uh, you know, I was at a chamber mixer last night, and somebody was complimenting me on my dress, and I said, it's so hard to know how to dress this time yeah. of year. Yeah, it's like
3: winter in the morning yes, and then blazing summer by the afternoon. I know, I know,
5: But let's not complain. At so, least we're still getting some warm days.
3: Before we get to um, what we're, we really have you on, speaking of the fact that it's beautiful fall weather out, and of course apple harvest is coming, we have royalty sitting out in the in the green room we're going to talk to uh, to in just a few minutes, uh, the apple trample's coming up.
5: The apple trample, the Bob Baroner apple trample 5K, which is an event um, that is part of the Mountain State Apple Harvest Festival that WVU Madison sponsors every year. Um, yes, um, and the 5K is this Saturday at 10.30 a.m. We're going to start um, out on Tennessee in front of the Dorothy McCormick building, as is tradition, and end the race over at Martinsburg High School's Colburn Peel Field, um, but it's not too late to register is what I wanted to remind folks, so um, you can register actually online up until 10 a.m., um, on Saturday. You may just or, not
3: get a t-shirt, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> it's,
5: it's, we do have a few extra t-shirts, but yeah, we can't guarantee it. Um, or you can come register on site between 8 and 10 um, on cool. race day. So, And you guys will we'll all, all be you. cleared
3: out before the parade, unless I'm running, in which case <laughs> I'll be like... Like the... Not, not honorary, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean,
5: we, you know, we have runners and walkers, the <laughs> right. runners, it doesn't take them long, 10, 15 minutes to get over to the high school, the walkers a little longer, but yes, we are all cleared out our awards and all of that. Um, in fact, Rona is going to be there mm-hmm. um, announcing the winners as they cross the finish line. Um, but yes, we will be all cleared out and everybody then will have plenty of time to get downtown to their seats to watch the parade.
3: So visitors to the hospital complex um, should know that there's there are some changes happening that will affect them. So talk about the expansion
5: and, and how that's going to affect the well, foot traffic. It, yeah, and we have several projects going on right now um, at Berkeley Medical Center and some in the works for Jefferson or the new property down in Jefferson County. But let's talk a little bit about the Berkeley um, perioperative project. Yes, um, back in 2018 we added, I believe it was five new ORs, but there were still parts of that project that we didn't complete so that's what we're completing now it's about a 38 million dollar project um so as part of this uh There is a little change. The same-day surgery entrance off Tavern Road, we closed that down October 2nd, and it's going to remain closed um, through March of 2024, because not only are we building out some space that was just shelled before, we're also renovating about 20,000 square feet of (laughs) existing space. While you're in there, you might as (laughs) well. Exactly, and honestly, the um, renderings that I've seen from the architectural designs is going to be absolutely gorgeous. Um, A much better flow and area for patients. So, so I imagine
3: when people are, are getting their um, appointments, they're probably being told about they are this.
5: Our same day surgery folks have done a fabulous job making people aware when they call to remind them of their appointments now everyone has to use the main Berkeley Medical Center entrance um, if they're having their same-day surgery done at the hospital. But this this will not it, impact Tennessee Avenue okay. outpatient surgery. Center. And it won't impact regular visitors coming no, into the hospital? absolutely not. Absolutely has it impacted, not.
3: has it taken any parking away with all the You know, equipment? we had
5: to reallocate <laughs> some parking, actually, so now employees are parking in the old same-day surgery lot, and then that whole um, north end of the parking lot has been re um allocated to visitor parking and honestly that when i drive by there because of course my office isn't on that campus any longer um there are plenty of parking spaces so if anything that should make folks happy (laughs) visitors and patients um that there seem to be plenty of parking spaces particularly on that north end um off Tennessee Avenue and Tavern um, available.
2: Well, what's it been like to watch this campus grow? I mean, you mentioned it started with five operating rooms in 2018. I was there for the opening of the, the cardiovascular center, which is gorgeous, and we're talking about 14,000, 20,000 square foot additions. I mean, certainly a lot has happened over the last five years.
5: Oh, absolutely, and we have plans for, for more and more expansion, too, um, on the Berkeley Medical Center campus. And, so. it, and it
2: seems as though every time you know something new is open, a new addition to the, the hospital, the, the message that that you guys want to get out is we don't want panhandle residents to have to go to Baltimore, have to go to Hagerstown or whatever to get that kind of care. We want to bring that to them here.
5: Absolutely. And that's been our mission all along, particularly when we joined forces with WVU, um, West Virginia University Hospitals in Morgantown and are now part of WVU Medicine, the largest health system in the state. Um, We want people to have a choice. If they choose to go elsewhere, it's their choice. We don't want them to go elsewhere because they can't get the care they need in their community. Um, You mentioned the Heart and Vascular Institute. Mm -hmm. I just want to clarify, we've had some confusion with patients going in the main entrance of Dorothy McCormick. Um, and I thinking, made that mistake when I was thinking, there for the yeah, open. Yeah, that the cardiologists are still on the third floor. Every all of the Heart, Heart and Vascular Institute uh, providers have moved to the new Heart and Vascular Institute, which has its own separate entrance toward the south rear side of the building, the old Wellness Center entrance. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I know it's frustrating for folks, especially those <laughs> that are in wheelchairs, that they'll go into the McCormick Center as they always did, and then realize that there's no way to get into that dedicated area from the main entrance of Dorothy McCormick. So please, anyone out there who's um, you know has an upcoming appointment with their cardiologist, your vascular surgeon, your thoracic surgeon, please know that now you will go around the Dorothy McCormick Center to the south rear area, the old wellness center entrance, and that's where you will enter the new HVI suite.
3: Our guest this morning is Teresa McCabe. Of course, um, people are, are getting a little sniffly. It's uh, it's earnestly flu season. Uh, I'll let you announce what that program is and how to say it. Sure.
5: And I've already had my flu shot. Of course, it's a requirement <laughs> for all WVU Medicine staff to get the flu shot. But we're also offering some flu vaccine clinics to the community. Called? So- Say boo to the flu. Say boo to the flu. We try to get catchy. <laughs> it's like a little thing. ghost on it. This is boo. I know. It's very clever, isn't it? Our graphic designers are really good at that kind of stuff. Um, so on October 27th, um, uh, our um, WVU Medicine Primary Care and Pediatrics at Spring Mills will be offering a flu shot clinic from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. Um, although it's not required, um, you know, we do encourage folks to schedule. This, this appointment, but you can also walk in and the cost is $55. Um, and
3: um, is, is any of that covered by their Medicare? Yes. Or? It,
5: it will be billed to insurance. Yes. Okay. Um, and then at Inwood um, on October 26th um, from nine to 1130 and then two to 430 Inwood primary care will be, um doing the flu shot clinics as well. And
3: that one's called knock out the flu. Yes. Yeah. That
2: one's a little bit more intimidating. And they got the big old <laughs> yeah. syringe right there in a fist Blue fist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I'm more is, so team it? say Buddha, the flu than mm-hmm. I am knock out, the, knock out the flu.
5: I think this one's more kid friendly. Oh, that says a lot because, about me. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm because, and we should also mention that um, anyone six months and older is encouraged to get mm. the flu vaccine every season. So, how can folks
3: find out more about what is going on at WVU Medicine uh, locally and some of these uh, great advancements you're making? We we had a, a guest on talking about, you know, it, this incredible microsurgery for a pacemaker. Oh, Dr. Hermani, yes, amazing. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Heart and
5: Vascular Institute. I know it just it just. We're doing so many things. We're building out the third floor of Spring Mills to move our Rockefeller Neurosciences Institute there. That's going to open um, in January. We try to keep as much information as we can on our Facebook page, WVU Medicine, Berkeley, and Jefferson Medical Centers. And then you can also go to our website, the main WVU Medicine website, and then just scroll down to Berkeley Medical Center or Jefferson Medical Center.
2: Well, our guest this morning has been Teresa McCabe, Vice President of Marketing and Development at WVU Medicine and the Berkeley Medical Center and Jefferson Medical Center. We appreciate your time this morning and uh, i hope you get good turnout at your upcoming events
5: thank you so much
2: got another break to take and more panhandle live coming up in just a moment here on wepm martinsburg and wcst berkeley springs local news now at panhandlenewsnetwork.com now back to panhandle live Welcome back, final segment of Panhandle Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kerchival building. It's Luke and Marsha hanging out with you until we give way to the big boss, Hoppy Kerchival. coming up at 10.06. Marsha, before we get to our last guest, we do have royalty in studio. We have some breaking news uh, from the WEPM and WCST newsroom. As uh, we were discussing with uh, Eric Kiesacker, the executive director of Berkeley County Schools Transportation, no bus route cancellations
3: today. That's so outstanding. And they're having that big recruitment fair, so hopefully this will be the, the pattern for the future. They'll have plenty of people to drive. I'm not sure if this has been part of her official duties, but I, I wonder if Olivia Travis, uh, Queen Pomona Forty-three, the reigning queen Pomona of the Apple Harvest Festival, has ever gotten a chance to drive a school bus. <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> Add that to your bucket list. But joining us in studio from the Mountain State Apple Harvest Festival, reigning queen Pomona, Olivia Travis, and Courtney Funk, who is a board member and coronation chair. Welcome in. Thank you. Thanks for coming in again, Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what has this bu- this year been like for you, uh, Olivia? It has been nothing short of incredible.
1: It's been so much fun. Um, I can't believe it's over. Time has truly flown by, but I'm so excited for Brittany, the next queen, to get this experience. Um, and I'm so thankful for the opportunities that I've had, especially being able to share this special connection with my mom. She was Queen Pomona the 12th and I was the 43rd. So that's a really special bond that we have. It's really cool. Have
2: you gotten to have any conversations with Brittany? Because it sounds like the, the next week is like kind of a whirlwind. Yes. You know, do you have have opportunities to kind of step back and enjoy it? Have you kind of been giving her some advice as to you know take this moment for yourself?
1: Yeah so Brittany and I have actually gotten pretty close before the festival even happened. Um, from the second she was announced as Maid Elect we've had a couple activities together and she's truly a sweetheart and I'm so thankful to be passing this title on to someone who's so amazing um, and yeah that's definitely something I've told her is to take in every moment and
3: just have
1: fun.
3: (laughs) You know what? The the program is out and and I've gotten a chance to kind of pour through it. The pictures of you in that gown are just gorgeous. (laughs) Thank you. How much fun was it Picking out the dress and all of that. So
1: I actually had no idea what it looked like. Really? Courtney gets (laughs) to pick out the gown every year. (gasps) So that's a big tradition for the Queens. You did a good job,
3: Courtney. That was
1: gorgeous.
6: (laughs) I think so. I
1: loved my gown. But yeah, that's a big tradition for the Queens gown is you keep it top secret until coronation. So I saw my gown for the first time the summer before I was crowned. And um, I talked about this earlier this morning in the first interview, too. It's like the first time you unzip the dress bag, you have butterflies and oh. your heart starts racing. Um, and then we have fittings throughout the year to make sure everything's perfect for Coronation Day. And then that's the day that everything's revealed to the public. So
3: so was it hard to walk around in that thing? Because it looked like <laughs> it was just so well embellished, right?
1: Yeah, you would think it would be really hard, but we had so many crinlins and layers and hoop skirts under there that it was easy to walk in. <laughs>
3: They're and, heavy.
6: Those dresses I are, are so very heavy. heavy. Mm-hmm. And you
3: got to to go in the parade, right? Yes. And what was the okay? What was that like? So much fun! It
1: was so fun being on the big float and seeing pictures later. I I love connecting with the community, and I know that the apple harvest is a huge thing for the Eastern Panhandle. It's something that's very unique to us, and I know the community enjoys it. So I just love being a part of it.
3: And I know you've been in pageants before, so you've probably experienced this, you know, wearing the crown, but Mm. just seeing the little girls and their response to seeing (laughs) you. Yes,
1: yes. That's the thing is whenever you come out to the Apple Harvest Festival, you always look forward to meeting the queen and seeing the queen. And so being in that queen position was really, really special.
3: So, Courtney, talk about her year of reign. How has she done?
6: representing. We we are so proud of Olivia. Um, I'm so proud of Olivia. So that's part of it with my coronation chair role. I get to spend a lot of time getting to know these young ladies. Um, and Olivia is just outstanding. And before even stepping into, you know, you mentioned she served in different capacities in our community Mm -hmm. before. Um, and so I knew of Olivia, but to be able to really genuinely get to know her, um, I'm just so proud of what she does in her community, um, in her schooling, volunteerism, and what she's done for the festival. She's Spent some time in elementary school classrooms reading. Um, she's attended some other events, and she just is such um, a beautiful and graceful representation of our festival. And, and I'm sure that's a, a
2: a lot of what goes into to, to kind of choosing Queen Pomona every year is is not just the you know the superficial nature of the person, but you know the, their willingness uh, to represent the community so
6: well. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. We actually take a really deep dive into their applications and spend some time with them during interviews, um, really questioning their knowledge of the industry. Um, their knowledge of the apple harvest festival and what they do in their communities. Um, so we look at their GPAs, we look at their um, you know their church activities, we look at their volunteerism, um, just overall school activities and things that they're doing in their community. And I have to say, the ladies that we have every year that come forward, the applications are incredibly, incredibly impressive. Um, we have. We are very fortunate to have some really amazing young women um, in our community.
3: You can read some of the bios of this year's court as well, Mm -hmm. and uh, just outstanding kids. As you mentioned, great GPAs, great uh, community involvement. And Olivia, you were saying that this is kind of a heritage for you because your mom was also uh, (laughs) Queen Pomona. But, um, you know, what does it feel? You're away at school now. You're Mm -hmm. at WVU. You're kind of re- representing apple country. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you were you, you were from Martinsburg, right? You graduated yes. out of Martinsburg, yes. but the greater area and, and the apple industry. Yes. It
1: was great to bring um, apple harvest to other parts of the state where maybe it hasn't really been before, I guess I should say. Um, so yeah, I am away at WVU. I'm studying psychology on the pre-med track. Um, And it's been really fun, and it's always fun to come home for all these events. I was home last week for the Rubies and Rhinestones event, and then I came home last night to be here for this weekend. So it's a nice little getaway, a home away from home, and I love being a part of this organization.
2: How high up on the resume does Queen Pomona 2022 go? Is that that the first line? (laughs) Top line. (laughs) Very
3: cool. So uh, Courtney's here as well. So we wanted to make sure that you let folks know about the events mm-hmm. that are coming up and, yeah. and how the public can participate
6: yeah absolutely so this evening is the gala at um hollywood casino that is a sold out event now um, wow congratulations yeah, yeah it's wonderful you just had Teresa mccabe in here mm-hmm. and she actually serves uh, with susan Snowden. <laughs> and she's heading there now set up she told us that that's <laughs> yes, so funny yes, well, i was so, a little concerned because it was yeah. nine
2: o'clock in the morning she goes well i'm going straight to the casino <laughs> oh, oh heavens oh. <laughs> for a good reason not for that reason. yes <laughs> yeah it's
6: just set up for this amazing event this evening I So hope she's listening yeah. I, hope she, <laughs> I hope she sends you a little email there was a quick dash <laughs> see you tonight out the door um, so um there's just so much preparation goes into and it. it's very exciting but so this evening kicks that off Olivia will provide her farewell address this evening at the gala um and then so, uh, so it's a speech it is, yes. Ooh, is it yeah. written. yes oh, of yes. course it is who do you uh, think you're talking to <laughs> <Liz>? <laughs> if
2: it was me I probably would be typing it out on my phone right you now you walk up <laughs> yeah. to the yeah. podium.
6: <laughs> Um, and so, then tomorrow morning we have our brunch, our Queen Pomona's brunch, um, where Olivia will provide uh, the prayer for that. And um, then we will start rehearsal at Airborne um, Event Center, Church and Event Center, where we will have our coronation at 6 p.m. tomorrow night, which is a free event to the public. And if you've never been, or even if you have been, we strongly encourage you to come out. So much pomp and circumstance and beauty that just surrounds that event. It, it is free, and they have such a nice facility there at Airborne. There's plenty of room, so welcome everyone out there to join us. Um, then we'll have the Grand Ball, which we always have available tickets usually at the door for that. So please come and join us at the Holiday Inn for it. Um, and then the next day we roll into the Bob Elmer 5K, um, mm-hmm. which WVU proudly supports. Oh, the, the Bob
3: Berner. Bob Berner yes,
6: yes. Um, that one will be um, the 5K Saturday morning. And then we have our parade. The pancake breakfast will be down at the fairgrounds. The, There's so much going so on at much, the So much, right? The carnival that got added this year, which is really exciting if you've got kids to and go And then
3: 80 uh vendors right yes. food and craft yes. vendors it's i know
6: crazy. so exciting and is really just a full a full barns my understanding is that, that we've got some full barns mm-hmm. down there which is really exciting um so we're just there's just so much going on the rodeo is mm-hmm. saturday night as well after the grand feature parade so and then sunday of course pancake breakfast again some local entertainment um some christian worship will be out there sunday as well um and when i say local entertainment the high schools will be performing um a packed yes a packed schedule and so you'll see some really wonderful things there um and of course that's very um um, cost efficient for people to Mm -hmm. come and join us for that as well at the fairgrounds and um it'll be really just wonderful weekend
3: so olivia looking back on your past year and and what this weekend was like for you last year um did you get to enjoy much of because I knew you were working? Yes. But did you get to enjoy much of the apple harvest festival? Yes,
1: I enjoyed every second of it. It was so much fun, and I'm thankful to be a part of it again this year in some type of way, and hopefully years in the future be able to come back and be a part of it. Um, I genuinely enjoyed every second of it. Um, every year, I feel like the festival is growing and adding things. Last year we added the rodeo, which I really enjoyed. This year we're adding a carnival. Um, So yeah, it's just a great experience and I love being a part of it.
3: You've been a great ambassador. I'm sure Courtney she agrees, has.
6: right?
2: Mm-hmm. I do. Well, reigning queen Promona, Olivia Travis, long may she reign. We appreciate you giving us the time this morning. <laughs> Courtney Funk as well. Thank, Thank you, you guys for coming in. Uh, stay tuned. At the top of the hour, we've got Metro News Talk Line with Hoppy Kerchival on deck. And you can visit this uh, podcast posted a little bit later on on our Panhandle Live Spotify page. But for Marsha, I've been Luke. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
5: Drifting like it's 1974, dressing like the Rolling Stones. Go get some more like young Ramones. Some nights feel like every night. This one feels brand new. Only got bad things on my mind.